Hey, and welcome to the Resound Church podcast. Whether it's your first or your 40th time tuning in, we're so glad you're here. And we pray that you get something powerful from today's sermon. Yeah, Father, we express our appreciation to you for all that you've done for us. Jesus, we thank you that you gave your life that we might have life. We acknowledge you in everything that takes place in our lives and we declare again, Father, you are worthy. And we give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, good morning. My name's Wayne. If you don't know me, it's been an honour to serve as a pastor here for a long time. Uh, when I first started here, I had hair. And my wife had uh, different coloured natural hair. It's... Still looks the same colour now, but it's, it's a little deceptive. Hey, uh, wasn't, wasn't that amazing to see people being baptised again? Um, I don't know, Nick, where's Nick? Is he hiding somewhere? I can't see him. He's gone home, has he? Got baptised, gone home, blow dry his hair or something, but... Uh, we can communicate it to him later. What a courageous act on Nick's behalf, you know. Christian 10 years, made a decision to follow Christ, being baptised today. And for him, obviously, standing in front of people and doing something publicly was a challenging thing, but just want to acknowledge him for the Shaletto family. What an amazing thing to see the whole family there together. I don't know, the water covered up the tears in your eyes, I think, Dad. <laughs> Uh, you know, I had tears that are, it's just an amazing thing to see your, your family continue to follow Christ and to be a part of their journey. It was so good. And Beck's somewhere too. I don't know where Beck's gone, but have all, they all gone home? They got baptised and go home. Is that, they're blow drying their hair. There are benefits to not having to blow dry your hair. But it was great to see Beck too, you know, just to hear her testimony. Um, to hear what Christ had done in her life. It's an amazing thing. And um, I've got a question for you today. And it's, it, it's, it, it really relates to what Christ has already done from us, for us. And it's simply this question, are you free? I want you to answer quickly because I don't know that you'll be able to answer that truthfully. But are you free? You know, when we talk about baptism, we know that um, there's nothing special in the water. As a matter of fact, if people looked hesitant walking into the water this morning, something went wrong with the heater. And, um, and so they were walking into the water. It was like, it's not I'm scared about this moment. It's like I'm freezing cold. <laughs> and so, um, so there was nothing special in the water this morning. And unfortunately, for whatever reason, the heater didn't heat the water up as it normally would. But baptism is an outward sign. It's an action of obedience to what Christ has done. It's something he did himself, something that is requested of us. But the act itself isn't profound. It's our obedience to what Jesus requested of us that brings about transformation or change. And uh, it's actually the same with communion. You know, there's no power in the, in the juice that we drink or in the, the wafer that we eat. They are symbolic. But when it comes to baptism, what happens is when, what we're actually doing is we're going down into the water, 
dying, if you like, to our old self and somehow in the milliseconds that you're under the cold water, you're coming up brand new, clean. Now I know kids, when they go and have a shower or a bath, they do the same thing. It's like, I've had a shower, it's like I'm clean already. We know that practically that doesn't work that way. But symbolically in baptism, that's what we're doing. We're saying, I am dying to my old self, and I am coming up fresh, a new creation, if I can put it that way. Brand new. Now Jesus said some things in John 8, and he was in the middle of an argument, if you like. And he said something like this, if the sun sets you free, you are free indeed. If you know the truth, then the truth will set you free. And I want you to understand this morning that this is not just some esoterical concept. This is not just some weird and wonderful idea. The idea that Jesus was trying to convey to those that he was arguing with, the Pharisees, was he himself has the power to set them free and in this, at the same time to set us free as well. And what we're doing as we're being baptised is we're reminding ourselves again that the old is gone and the new has come. We are new creations. And so my question today to you is, are you free? Have you been set free? 2 Corinthians 5 and verse 17, a passage most of us would know quite well. It says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old is gone, and the new is here. We wish that that was the case. As we go through life and we try and start afresh on some things, what we realise is often, too often, some of the old creeps back in, doesn't it? Try a new diet, see how hard that is. I've had my fair share of diets through the years. Try and refresh a relationship. You know, starting fresh is nice conceptually, but difficult in reality. But it doesn't mean it's not possible. It doesn't mean it's not achievable. And, and, and what Jesus has done for us is he's grant us the right, granted us the right to become new creations, to start over afresh. Now, it doesn't mean everyone else will forget all the things you've done in the past. My dad still reminds me from time to time of things I did when I was a whole lot younger. Some of those things I'd prefer not to remember. But he reminds me. And it's true for all of us. You know, just because we make a decision to follow Christ and become a new creation, it doesn't mean that everything we've done in the past is forgotten by everybody else. As a matter of fact, that's not the biggest challenge. The biggest challenge is here and here because we know what we're like. But it doesn't change the fact or the truth of what Jesus said. And he says, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And I want to ask you the question again, are you free today? And I'm not asking for a response because I, I want you to consider the question rather than responding emotionally or responding because we're in a crowd. Just a quick response isn't adequate. It's not the benefit that you ought to experience. You know, when we talk about freedom, the first thing that comes to our mind is not inner restriction, but external restriction. We think about 
prison. Most of us probably haven't been in prison. If you've been in prison this morning, just, no, no, don't lift up your hand. But, but you know, when we talk about freedom, we think, oh yes, someone's no longer in prison. They've found freedom again. We think about being restricted in some way or another and finding freedom. You know, if you're in a difficult place or you're doing something that's really complex and you need freedom from that experience. Some people say that, they testify about that from their old workplaces. I'm free of it at long last. And so when we talk about freedom, we, talk, we think about freedom in multiple different ways. But the reality is most of the, uh, the things that we need to be free from are in here and up here. It is rarely an external circumstance in our situation that we demand freedom from. It's usually an internal thing that needs processing. That's not true in the rest of the world. In the developing world in particular, there is something like 360 million Christians who are suffering persecution as a result or restriction as a result of their faith. They do want freedom. And we ought to continue to pray for them and thank God for our circumstance here. It's said that, you know, the numbers vary about the number of people who are persecuted for their faith each year and lose their life. We need to keep praying for those people. Whatever the it's it's in the thousands and there are various different numbers here, there and everywhere. It's in the thousands. Those people sincerely need freedom from the restriction that they're facing. But I'm talking to you this morning and I want to read to you that passage in John chapter 8. I want to talk to you about what Jesus was saying because he was addressing this group of people and he had something really profound, something important to say. John 8, 31 uh, says this. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teaching and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. I said this was an argument. And as we read through the context, the, the, the context and the, 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 uh, the, um, the passage, hear what's being said. I'll, I'll read it again, John, 31, uh, John 8, 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him, right, there are people who are already following him, already responding to him. He says, you are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings and you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Now in this particular rendering, the idea is that freedom is progressive. It says you will know the truth. If you stick to my teachings, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. It's a progressive thing that I think he's explaining. But listen as we go on further in the passage. And this is the response of the people who are already following Christ. He said, but we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We've never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? There's tension here. Jesus has offended them by what he said. What do you mean? Who do you think you are? I'm a... I'm a follower of Abraham. I'm a descendant of who? What do you mean I need to be set free? This is a reaction, an internal reaction that's verbalized towards the one who's teaching them. And Jesus responds, he says this. He says, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin or a slave of sin. 
A slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there's no room in your hearts for my message. And I'm telling you what I saw when I was with my father, but you are following the advice of your father. Let's go back to the start of the passage. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. This is turned in just a moment. There's a group of people that are listening to Jesus teach and they're favouring him, they're believing him, they're on side with him. But when he says something offensive to them, what happens is they turn against him and he speaks the truth to them. They say, who do you think you are to say we need freedom? And he says, hey, listen, uh, anyone who sins is a slave to sin. He explains the difference between a slave and a son. A slave, we know slaves can be set free, right? But a son can't be set free. A son is a son and will always be a son. But a slave can be a slave and then set free and find freedom. And Jesus is talking to them and they're offended by what he's saying and then he actually puts the knife in. Basically he's saying you're conducting yourself in the same way that your father conducts himself. In other words, you are sons of the enemy, sons of Satan. When Jesus was speaking to the people, his goal was very, very simple. I want to let you go free. I'm a dad, Ruth's a mum. We have four children, we have multiple grandchildren. I've lost count of how many grandchildren. We've got sons-in-law. But one of the disappointing things is when you see one restricted by illness. Is that right? When someone's not well, Compassion goes out. Oh, that's terrible. What can we do to help? How can we relieve the restriction that you're feeling? And so and the good news comes when we find that they're okay again. That, you know, they're no longer restricted. They can do what they need to do. They can go back to school or, or whatever else. And so as parents, our desire is to see our children, our grandchildren free, free to do what it is that they want to do. When we talk about freedom, usually it's selfish. We think only of our freedom. But in this context, Jesus is talking about freedom from two different perspectives. He's talking about you being free and also the pleasure he gets from making you free. Right, God himself, Jesus Christ walking on the earth, he wants to set you free. Why? Because he wants to see you free. He doesn't want you restrained. He doesn't want you restricted. He doesn't want you bound up, tied up, or, or, or somehow feeling like you can't do what it is that you are called to do and that you want to do. And the reason Jesus was saying these things, he's, he's creating a contrast. He's saying, you, you know, on the one hand, there's being enslaved to sin. On the other hand, there's being a son or a daughter of the living God. One is a permanent place, one is a permanent position, the other is meant to be a temporary experience. And, and what Jesus did by going to the cross was remove 
the, uh, the opportunity, well, sorry, remove the obligation you had to the sin that you were born into so that you can find freedom in being a son or daughter of the living God. Now, some of you this morning might be saying the same thing to me that, Je- that Jesus was experiencing with people. Saying, well, what do you mean free? I'm free. I can do what I want. I can go where I want. Let me say this. The thing that binds us up spiritually and psychologically is what goes on the inside of us. The reason I put the two together, it's hard sometimes to discern which is which. Sometimes there is restriction because there's a spiritual battle taking place. Other times there's a a restriction because there's a psychological battle taking place. Your mindset, your thinking about yourself could be a restriction. Your mindset or your attitude or your thoughts about other people can be a restriction. Your attitude or your mindset about the world around about you can be a restriction. Your thinking about finances can be a restriction. Your thinking about friends can be a restriction. Your thinking about your future can be a restriction. There are restrictions that we experience all the time. And to the degree in which you're enslaved by the restriction you're experiencing indicates the the level of contentment or or fulfilment that you get out of life. Jesus come to set us free. Free to do what it is that he wants us to do. Free to be who he wants us to be. Free to connect with whoever it is that we want to connect with. But the challenge we have remains within. You know, we talk, there's two, two words we use, justification and sanctification. The work of Christ justifies us, makes us new creations, and there is immediate freedom at that point in time. It's justification. It's the result of the work of Christ. The process of sanctification is the gradual change in who we are from, it says in Corinthians, from glory to glory. In other words, we experience a degree of enlightenment and then we move to the next level of enlightenment. What, we say, what we're saying there is, it's like God shines the light on our lives and as a result, we respond change our thoughts, change our attitudes, change our mindset, change our habits. And and there is this progressive process of being enlightened, if I can put it that way, and some people won't like that word, but that's okay. Um, Being enlightened by the light of God that shines internally on us, that produces outcomes that make us different. And these are at times massive steps, but there are many times where they're minor steps. They're the sort of moment where you might be reading your Bible and God challenges you to change the way you think about a person or to change the way that you speak about somebody. And it might not be discernible to anybody else, but over a period of time, the progressive change that takes place in your life brings you to a place of freedom. Jesus said, you'll know the truth and the truth will set you free. You will be free indeed. Got a question for you. You know, Jesus said again in John 14 and verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. It's knowing Christ that brings freedom to your life. And the extent to which we know Christ is determined by our receptivity, our willingness to receive. 
And some people will say, well, I don't want the package that's being sold. And, 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 and that's totally understandable. Sometimes the package doesn't look like it's supposed to look. But let me say this, following Christ is not a complex or difficult process. It's simply an act of surrender. Jesus, I receive what you did for me and I want to begin all over again. I want to read to you John 8, 31 to 38 from the Message Bible. It says this, Then Jesus turned to the Jews who had claimed to believe in him. If you stick with this, living out what I tell you, you are my disciples for sure. Then you will experience for yourselves the truth and the truth will free you. Surprised, they said, but we're descendants of Abraham. We've never been slaves to anyone. How can you say the truth will free you? Jesus said, I tell you most solemnly that anyone who chooses a life of sin is trapped in a dead, a, a dead end life and is in fact a slave. A slave can't come and go at will. The son though has an established position, the run of the house. So if the son sets you free, you are free through and through. I know you are Abraham's descendants. I also know that you are trying to kill me because of my message hasn't yet penetrated your thick skulls. I'm talking about things I've been, I have seen while keeping in company with the father and you just go on doing what you've heard from your father. The message says the same things in a little different way. I want to be responsive to Christ. I want to respond to his offer of freedom. And it's easy to testify of the areas where I've found freedom, but it's not so easy in the areas where I'm yet to see the need for freedom. John 16 and verse 13 says this, but when the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears and he will tell you what is to come. Jesus knows us. He knows what we're like. He knows we've got strengths and weaknesses. He knows where we sin and where we don't sin. He knows where we've got confidence and where we lack confidence and, and yet somehow, some way, despite what we're like, he loves us completely, thoroughly, wholly. He knows the area of your life where you need freedom and, and there are probably more areas in our lives that we need freedom in that we're aware of currently, but my understanding, as I just read from John 16 there, is the Holy Spirit's task is to lead us into all truth so that we can find complete freedom. If the musos had come now, that'd be great. Today I want to offer you the opportunity of getting free. Getting free from the addiction you might be suffering from getting free from a persistent habit that you know is unhealthy for you, getting free from a mindset that somehow has you judging others inappropriately, getting free from fear or judgmental spirit, 
Maybe getting freed from low self-esteem or, or an attitude that somehow puts you below everybody else. The offer for freedom that Jesus made way some 2,000 years ago is still on offer to you today and it's on offer to me. And while the, the people that were standing here were indicating their receptivity to the offer of freedom, it's just the beginning. There's initial freedom and there's this progressive freedom. Both are important. There's nothing like a clean sheet of paper, you know, when you, when you wanna start over. The opportunity of a fresh go, free of judgment. And you know, for me, I thank God that, that God looks down on me and that in my relationship with Him, He constantly gives me a chance of a fresh shot, fresh go. Because from time to time, the Holy Spirit convicts me of my sin. But I'm not alone. I'm not, I, I, I know some people might think I'm unusual, but I'm not unusual in what I've just explained. I think it's true for all of us. And Jesus wants you to be free indeed. Know the truth, the truth will set you free can be free indeed. We stand together with me this morning. While we're standing here, I'm, I'm gonna pray. And my prayer is that the Holy Spirit will come that it begin to speak to you about areas in your life where Jesus desires to give you freedom. But just as being baptised is an outward sign, an act of obedience, so there needs to be a response. People say, oh, I just do it in my mind. Yeah, and usually what happens is there is no change. Because whether we like it or not, we're very practical people. So as I get to pray, what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, if you're asking God for freedom in some area of your life, I'm going to ask you simply to lift up your hand, not so others can see. The reality is, if the truth be known, all of us should have a hand raised. But the key thing is this, this is not something that you're doing because someone else is doing it. It's something you're doing because you're saying, God, that thing, that point, that thought, that process, that habit, that addiction, I want to be set free from it and I need your help today. And you'll be responding on your own between you and God. And we're going to believe for a new beginning and fresh beginning that will give you the opportunity of finding freedom for yourself. Let, let me pray. And then as I pray, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands if you want to respond. You're not coming to the forward or, or coming to the front or anything. You just simply lift your hand. Father, I thank you for all that Jesus has done for every single one of us. And Lord, you know my story, my testimony, my life. And you know the areas in my life where I'm looking 
for you to set me free. Maybe in my attitudes, maybe in my actions, maybe in the way that I speak from time to time. Father, you are still working on me and in me and bringing me to a place of complete freedom. And for that, I'm so grateful. But I pray for everyone that's here in this room today. Whether they know Jesus Christ or not, Father, the offer remains the same. There is an offer of a fresh start. And my prayer is that everyone in this room, that you would come by your Holy Spirit, that you would speak to them about areas in their life where you wanna grant them freedom, where you wanna help them to move to a place of freedom so that they can experience life as it's meant to be. Father, I thank you for what you're doing in my life. I thank you for what you're doing in the lives of those here today. Touch us, I pray in Jesus' name. Just while your eyes are closed, your heads are bowed, what I want you to do, if there's some area in your life today that you want God to give you freedom in, I just want you to simply lift up your hand. No one else is looking around. I'm not even looking around. Let God by His Holy Spirit just sweep across this place touch every person whose hand is lifted and over this next week or so bring them to a place of newfound freedom in Jesus. Thanks for listening through this message recorded live at Resound Church in Melbourne. You can find out more about who we are online, including our service times and live streams. Have a great week and we'll catch you next time.